it's funny how many things I drop into the podcast and into the book that came from my trips to Israel, because that is one of the ways that I learned the context of scripture best, not just by reading the whole of scripture, but by going to the place and the people to whom scripture was written. What's up, everybody? This is Josh Aarons with the Israel Collective, and today we're hanging out with our friend Tara Lee Cobble, and we're talking about the Bible. We're talking about reading the Bible every day, and one of the best ways you can get into that life-transforming habit is to read her book, The Bible Recap, and listen to the podcast that goes right along with it. It's about 12 minutes of reading a day, eight minutes on the podcast, and you guys, I'm telling you, it will change your life. The sooner you start, the sooner your life starts to change. Couldn't we all need a little Bible goodness, a little of God's love in our life every day? So this is just an awesome conversation. I know you guys are going to be blessed by it. Of course, we reminisce about our adventures in Israel and just a great conversation. So take a listen, guys. Love y'all. Tara Lee, thank you so much for joining us on the program. So good to have you. So happy to be here with you, Josh. Yeah, I mean, you're just doing so many amazing things. And we have to start out by talking about the Israel trip you came on because it was the very first Israel Collective trip that we ever did. I don't think we even called it the Israel Collective yet. We were still working on the name, but you got that email from us, from these people that you did not know who are saying, hey, come to Israel with us and hang out and it's going to be awesome. And you said yes and came with us. And Absolutely. so I'd love to, man, I'd, I'd love to, to talk a little bit about that trip. Um, and then get into some of the the awesome projects um, and books that you're working on um, now. Uh, but just for a moment, let's go back to that that original invitation. What what went through your mind when you got it? And <laughs> listen, I was like these strangers with no name who won't tell me who they are or anything about this trip. If there's even a chance that they will actually take me to Israel, I will do it. Sign me up. You know, I might end up in the back of a van somewhere. I did. I was just like, just get me to Israel. <laughs> so I was excited, curious, excited. I remember meeting a lot of the other people on our first night at the, the hotel uh, in New York. And we were just like, what is this? Are you as confused as I am? Or, or, or should we be scared? They seem nice. They, don't, they seem harmless. So we were all pretty pumped about it. That's awesome. I'm glad it all worked out well. <laughs> mm -hmm. Me too. And you had mentioned, I think, um, you, you already had a love for Israel even before you got that invitation. So um, mm -hmm. what's the history on that? I had been to Israel either once or twice when I went with you guys. I had been on just the standard pilgrimage tour. And uh, I knew there was going to be a different element to this that I was excited to learn about. It had My, my first trips had sort of whetted my appetite to learn more. And I think most Christians, a lot of Christians, when we go to Israel, we go only for the biblical aspect. And then once you get there, you discover this beautiful country and there's all this, it's this history and this heritage and these people and this conflict and all, you know, all of these things that you're just like, I want to know the story. I want to know, tell me the story of, of what's happening here. Um, so it takes, it becomes a multidimensional thing instead of just this, this one thing you can learn about and grow from. You engage with that and you want more. So that was that was why I wanted more. Wow, that's so good. I love the idea of you have like the whole, the biblical history, the history of Christianity happening there. And then alongside it, you have the modern state of Israel and the, mm -hmm. the fact that there, there's still a nation of Israel and there's still amazing things happening now. There's a story there and there's there's still something God is doing there. Um, so when you when you came on that trip with us, was there, was there a moment or 
two or 10 where um, that sort of came to life for you or something, something that you just, you still remember to this day about that experience? Oh, one of the things I remember is standing, we were in the, near the Golan Heights and there's the man who has the piece of shrapnel in his hand. Tell me his name. What is, do you remember the, the man that uh, speaks on a lot of your trips? He is. Yeah, the, I think it was Elliot. Yes, Elliot, Elliot. I, we, we heard from so many people and I follow Elliot on, on Facebook. So I should know that, but um, just the stories that Elliot told the wisdom that Elliot shared with us and I just remember standing there and he's standing on this old um bunk a bunker is not the right word what is the right word for the structure that he's standing I, I believe it was bunker it was a bunker it was okay bunker. okay yeah. yeah and it was just this this old blown out bunker and then there you know these spaces behind where they're like there may be still there's still maybe landmines in these fields behind us <laughs> so the fields are fenced off and you can't go there and hearing all those things really made it made it come to life because here's this man who's fought in the wars of Israel, who's um, sharing his story with us. And um, that, that was a moment that really uh, made it come to life for me. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. And, and amazing that after all these years, um, whenever you hear anybody talk about um, from their own experience um, with, with the wars that Israel has had on their borders and, and so on, um, the way they still pursue peace, no matter, um, mm -hmm. no matter what, no matter how much time goes by, no matter, you know, what happens, they're always still pursuing peace. That's something that always amazes me. I, I think I've been there over 30 times now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> wow. That's so incredible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even going to uh, the hospitals where we hear, you know, we went to several of the hospitals where we heard about how they were serving, serving enemies, um, would send them back bandaged up across enemy lines. And, um, I know there's so much still yet of the stories that I have yet to uncover, but I, I love learning about m more of those things. And so I, it whets my appetite to go back every time. And even just, you mentioned the modern state of Israel. You know, I, I think I've done maybe 14 trips and I'm about halfway to where you are. So I'm going to keep plugging along. But um, I decided to go over a few days early on my last trip and just hang out in Tel Aviv for a few days since I'm leading the trip. I wanted to get past the jet lag and all that. And I had never just hung out in Tel Aviv. And it was amazing. I was like, what? I was so frustrated that I had 13 prior trips where I had not gone and just engaged with the city and the people there. It's an incredible city. It's, it reminded me of like New York on the beach. <laughs> yeah, I'd say that that pretty much is right. And the, the food is right up there with with the food you can get in New York, too. I mean, it's just <laughs> best food. It's it, it, they don't call it the milk and honey for no reason. Land of milk and honey for no reason. It's uh, it's amazing. <laughs> it's so true. And there there's something about like the average Tel Avivan, like they're they're almost always like in freakish good shape They're <laughs> It's so frustrating. <laughs> right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> This I always not leave fair. inspired to try harder. You know, every time I leave Tel Aviv, I'm like, all right, I'm going to do this. This <laughs> routine or whatever. <laughs> Is there something to this Mediterranean diet, you guys? What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> and they're just so effortlessly cool, too. Like, they'll... They're just cool without even trying. I don't know what it is. It's like mm -hmm. you're you're old enough, like you're you're probably someone's grandpa, but you're going by on this like electric scooter that I don't right. even know what it is, but it just yeah. looks so cool with you know all this stuff going on in better shape than me. And it's <laughs> it's just crazy. <laughs> it's this place where 
I don't know if it, it almost feels like it's from the future or something. I can see that. Going back to the past, let's talk a little bit about how has Israel shaped the way you see the Bible? Because I know you're, you're just such a huge advocate for the Bible, for reading the Bible, understanding what you read, and we'll, we'll get into all that. Um, when, you, when you visited Israel, how did that shape and affect your, your reading of the Bible, and does it, does it still now? I have to be really careful how I talk about this because I never want to undermine anyone else's experience of scripture. I don't want people to think, listen, if you haven't been to Israel, you can't understand the Bible. Like, I don't want to give off that vibe at all. But I will say that as someone who had read through the Bible a few times before I went to Israel the first time, it really did add this dimension that I I don't know how to, uh, my understanding of scripture just I had this whole other dimension of understanding. I'm hard pressed to open a page of my Bible and not be able to picture what I'm reading, which changes everything. You're not trying to visualize it. In my mind, all the stories of scripture had happened like in my backyard where I grew up. (laughs) Like that was, that was how I pictured them, you know? Um, And so all of a sudden I had the reality of where they really occurred. And then you understand, oh, this is, this is why Jesus said it this way, or this is what he meant by this. And there's just a deeper understanding and you can learn a lot of those things from reading, but there is, um, there's something to be said for the experience of traveling there. And the best way that I can describe it is kind of like, so you're married and, um, there was a time when you met your wife's family for the first time. And, um, so there is some level of understanding who she is, how she became who she is, what she's like, why she communicates the way she does. You understand those things so much more when you meet her family, when you see where she's from. You're like, that's where you got those eyes. That's why you do the thing I love. That's the thing that's confusing to me. Like all of it just sort of takes shape in a new way. That was me in Israel. And I'll be honest, when I came back the first time, I went into just a little bit of a, a low-grade depression um, because I, I just... I I remember being like, God, you have to take me back there or just kill me now. Like, I've got to go. I have to go back. I missed it so much. It was really hard. And it was like this. I don't understand why I feel the way I do. I have to be back there. And the thing that that reminded me of was there was a guy I had dated in college and um, he was away for the summer. I, I was in our college town over the summer and he had gone away. And I would just drive by his old dorm room, even though he wasn't there. I'd be like, that's where he used to be. You know, like it was just this, this sense of longing was uh, somewhat satiated by revisiting this place where he once was. And so even though, you know, God lives in us to be able to, to go there and be like, this is where you were. There's some level of comfort that that brings me. So I just keep going back keep going yeah, back. that that is so good that is so good and and that's something after leading so many trips i hear so often is i have to go back i really want to go back i feel mm-hmm. like this is just the the beginning of my relationship with the nation of israel um it's so true and to even be standing in the places where like this is where jesus did his ministry i think it was uh do you remember jason lozano for also from the first trip he said, this is, this is like, I'm going to Jesus's hometown. So mm-hmm. just like what you're talking about, you, yeah. when you go to someone's hometown, you understand them, you understand where they came from, what they went through. 
um, you know, what, what was the weather like? What did the air feel like? What did the, you know, what were, what are the smells from the trees and the plants and things mm -hmm. like that? It was, um, it just adds this whole other dimension of, of experience. And to think that Jesus knew us, right? Like he knew me, Josh, and you, Tara Lee, and was thinking of us while walking in these places is something that just always blows my mind. And it's, uh, I think it's also a Jason Lozano original. He said, it's like the Bible 3D. <laughs> for sure. For sure. It, it really does come to life. It becomes full color. And uh, I think, you know, my dad used to lead tours of Israel uh, before I was born. And mm -hmm. he had all these pictures that I looked at my whole life, but they're all like, you know, 70s-ified. They're like sepia-toned. And they're just, it's, it did not give me a real idea of what Israel was because Israel in my mind was also kind of sepia-toned. It was just this brown land. There, it wasn't lovely. And it certainly wasn't vibrant. It was visually boring, which is not a reality at all. <laughs> it is a stunning, diverse country. I mean, I'm blown away by how um, it, it almost the colors also feel like they're they're in more and in, more saturated there. It's a strange. I've only ever felt that way in like Switzerland and New Zealand, uh, where the colors just feel mm. more saturated there. It's a very bizarre and beautiful place. I'm like, this is truly one of the most beautiful places on earth. That's true. That's true. I've experienced that too, especially, you know, at sunrise, it's always enhanced. And when you, when you arrive there and you're on total jet lag and you wake up at like 4 a.m., it's a perfect <laughs> opportunity to go out and look at the Sea of Galilee, you know, right? with the sunrise, the beautiful <laughs> blue, the kind of, the kind of gold color of the grass around there. It's, it's, mm -hmm. uh, it really does have a quality that's unlike and certainly anywhere else I've ever been. So yeah, I agree. I've been to Switzerland. I've not been to New Zealand yet, but I'll, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, you're working on so many new projects. I'm looking at my notes here and I'm trying to decide which one to start with. Um, I want to ask you about the, the Bible recap. And I, and you, I know you wrote a book about this as well. And mm -hmm. I, I happen to notice that it's about I think it's 700 and something pages. Is that yeah, right? Tell us about a... that and how it came about. <laughs> so the Bible Recap podcast is where it all began. And it started as just a, I, if if uh, anyone has ever closed their Bible and thought, what did I just read? I, I don't understand that. Why is that important? How does that fit into the greater context of scripture? Why did God do that thing? I don't like that. This is This podcast is for you. This is we walk through the whole Bible in a year, which is less that less reading per day than it sounds like. It's like 12 minutes a day on average, on average, three chapters a day. And you you read the passage of scripture and then you come and listen to the podcast and I explain what you just read. So we followed the chronological reading plan. There are lots of chronological reading plans, but um, we follow a chronological reading plan and um, you, you do your reading and then you come recap with us pretty quickly people started asking if we had this in book form because they're like hey i i'm a visual learner or i like the tactile experience of holding a book and uh or, you know just various things or i want my my grandmother to do this too or things like that she doesn't do podcasts she doesn't have a smartphone whatever so we distilled the podcast content into a book and believe it or not those 760 pages or whatever it is is only 40% of the podcast content. So I had to edit out about 60%. We refined it and polished it and put it in its like most polished form 
for the book content. And the book comes out on election day, November 3rd. And what better time for uh, the country of America, at least, to dig into the word of God and, and come to understand it. And not just understand it. My goal is not just for people to understand scripture, but for people to love scripture and love God. Mm, that is so exciting. I love the, you guys are really providing a service because the, the Bible can be intimidating, right? It's hard to know where to start. Like you said, what did I just read? I don't really know the context of this and how it applies to my life. Um, all those things. So you guys are really, you're bridging that gap and, and helping us understand what we read, giving us that framework. And like you said, um, it doesn't even take that much time per day. Um, yeah. When people read the Bible, what are what are some of the 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 mistakes we make when we read the Bible, and and what would be the the right way to do it? <laughs> I think well, I can I can only speak for myself, um, but I I find that as I talk to people, it is is common the mistakes that are made. But my first mistake was I was looking for myself. I was looking for a to do list, an application point. What's my takeaway? How do I need to go and live differently based on what I just read? And uh, there's nothing wrong with looking for those things, but if you are only looking for what you are supposed to do, it's not going to make you fall in love with God. It's not going to make you love scripture. It's going to feel like a taskmaster, and you're always going to be dwelling in the shame of falling short of that or the pride of nailing it more than your spouse did or your roommate did. Like, she needs to read this passage I just read because she is not doing that well, you know, that kind of stuff. And so um, I was looking at it to find me. And that's not what it's supposed, that's, you know, like that's a good secondary function perhaps, but the primary function is to reveal God to us, to help us fall in love with him. When you love someone, you want to do what pleases them. So I was reading it backwards, essentially. Um, second mistake was I was disregarding context. And it's funny how many things I drop into the podcast and into the book that came from my trips to Israel, because that is one of the ways that I learned the context of scripture best, not just by reading the whole of scripture, but by going to the place and the people to whom scripture was written. And then my uh, third mistake, <clears throat> excuse me, um, my third mistake was demanding information and answers and understanding before I had taken time to dwell in it. So I wanted answers right away for the questions that I had in the moment because I, I felt like God owed it to me. Like I'm reading the Bible. I need to understand why you did this. Please explain yourself. But sometimes the answers, the, the questions that you have in Exodus, Leviticus aren't answered until Hebrews. It, like it, it can be months in the chronological reading plan before you get to those places. So those are some of the mistakes that I made. Um, and maybe some of the listeners can relate to those. Yeah, I definitely can. Like so many, I'm almost like, <laughs> like, oh my gosh, okay, I need to get more into this. <laughs> <laughs> Bible recap. I see myself in a few of those. Yeah, I yeah. got so many lists and to dos and tasks and things like that, that <laughs> that is definitely mm -hmm. my go to way of, um, you know, seeing myself and in and, and the world and all of that. So that is, that's just, I love that. I love that distinction you make between a taskmaster and um, how, how we might tend to, to view God and who he really is. Um, could you expand a little more on who God really is and how that's been revealed to you in the scriptures? 
Yeah. I, so I think I had this idea that Old Testament God was somehow different than New Testament God. And I did not, I was not a big fan of Old Testament God in my head. I liked New Testament God better. Um, and like, he's gentler, he's softer, right? You know, and what I actually, I mean, he blew all that out of the water because the, when I was reading through scripture the first time, I was seeing the patience and the kindness of God in the Old Testament in ways I'd never noticed. Like we, I had this idea internalized that like, God can't look on sin. God is going to be tainted by my sin. And so he has to run away from it. But what I saw starting in the garden is that God pursues sinners to dwell with them, not to punish them, but like to clean them up, to provide for them despite their sin and rebellion. He does this with Adam and Eve. He, he moves into the wilderness with a bunch of sinners. That's what he, he dwells with them in the wilderness for 40 years. When they go into exile, he leaves the temple and goes into exile with them. Like, this is a God who pursues sinners. And for a person who uh, is afraid of God, because they fear he's his punishment and they fear he's disappointed in them and they fear uh, his wrath. That is such a comforting thought to recognize that the God of the universe is after you to be near you, not to punish you. Now there is punishment and there is wrath, but that is not for his children. Uh, Christ absorbed all the father's wrath for sin, for sinners that are adopted into his family. All of that is absorbed on the cross. There is none. There is no wrath for the kids of God. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, Romans 8, 1. And so that just totally, it shifted everything because I saw that the consistency of God's character from Old Testament to New Testament, it, just, it did not change. It was absolutely consistent. And it's further along in the plan, further along in the process, but he has always been chasing down sinners to, to adopt them into his family, to, to reach across enemy lines and pursue us and love us into redemption. Well said. That's something I feel like I have to remind myself every day. Um, it's it's an, an image of God that I constantly have to be reinforcing, you know, thinking about, praying about, journaling about, because there's always that other image that, you know, maybe comes from our own imagination or our childhood or whatever it is. Right. that tries to make us think, oh, God is just this angry disciplinarian who's always upset with me or, or what have you. And it's the exact opposite. And it's something that um, I'm, I'm seeing for myself, but I'm sure others can relate. I have to remind myself that constantly mm -hmm. to be like, no, no, this, this is who God is. And this is who you are in relation to him, you know? Right. Um, so I, I want to touch on that for a minute because I think um, young people, young Christians, it can be so easy to be like, oh, I, I don't need to read the Bible every day or, or, you know, I could just, you know, once a week or just whenever I feel like it, whenever I feel bad, maybe I should. Um, what, what would you say to somebody who, who doesn't do it every day in terms of like the long game? What are, if you're in your early 20s, let's say, what's going to be the difference in your, in your 30s um, reading the Bible every day versus just kind of casually being lukewarm about it? I think I, I did that for a long time, too, so I can certainly understand that perspective. I was in full-time ministry, standing on stage multiple times a week, having not read the Bible. 
And it wasn't until a pastor friend of mine pulled me aside and said, hey, have you ever read the whole Bible? And I was like, I'm sure I've pieced it together over the years. I've been a Christian since I was like four. I grew up in church three times a week. And um, he said, I, start start today and like read all of it. Let your eyes fall on every word, even the genealogies. It'll take you 12 minutes a day over the course of a year to read the whole thing. And everything changed. It took a while. It didn't change right away. Um, it was certainly very challenging because I was seeing things that I thought I understood about God, but I'd really just been clipping things out of context. I was treating scripture like a pharmacy, honestly. I was like, okay, I need to be better about this. So what verses do I need to read to help me be better about this? I want this thing from God. And so what coins do I need to put into this machine in order to get enough coins in that I can afford to the thing that I want and push the button that I want. So God will deliver that to me. I treated it like a pharmacy, honestly. So that is not a relationship. Um, and to stand back and look at how I had been mishandling scripture by kind of going to it. I think it just, my, my motivation was all wrong because my understanding of God was all wrong and I needed to just do the, do the discipline of reading scripture so I could have my understanding of God fixed. And only scripture could fix my understanding of God because that's, it is the truth. So I would say to the person who doesn't want to read it, you're going uh, to fail at trying to read it. And, but what I will say is that every day that you're in the word, you're right on time. So go be in it today. Be it in the time that you are listening to this podcast, you could have listened to the Bible. There's no shame in listening to the Bible. Maybe you're an auditory learner. I listen to the Bible. I love it. I learned so much that way. And you can listen to it in your car. Just find some, find 12 minutes a day to carve out and listen. And then if you have eight more minutes, go listen to the Bible recap podcast about what you just read. And I really believe that you're, it will shift your understanding of God so that it doesn't feel like something you're like, I have to do this. I should do this. There's a lot of should in that, but it'll be something that you actually desire and it will uh, draw you in because of the joy of it, not because of the shame or the, I ought to. Mm, that is so good. And and the reason I asked that question was because I, I was thinking of myself 15 years ago, kind mm -hmm. of in that boat and, and underestimating the importance of it. And like you said, kind of using it like a pharmacy or a vending machine and oh, I just really need this or I just really need this to happen so now I'm gonna I'm gonna show up and try to like find that exact verse that validates you know what what I want or or you know um, relates directly to whatever's on my heart and my mind at that time and what I've learned is just reading it every day like you said reading it straight through or, or not not like approaching it with um, some kind of my own agenda or my own thing that I'm trying to figure out or find and just right. letting God speak to me through, through his word has been, has been huge. If I put aside my own concerns, my own, whatever's going on, I just say, I'm just going to sit down and, and listen to what God has to say. Mm -hmm. A lot of times something he says, like it's, it's a concept that I would never have thought to look for on my own, <laughs> right? but it comes in and, you know, answers like 15 questions and totally changes the way I, you know, look at life or behave or, or any he of that has stuff. a way of doing that. It's so funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I definitely resonate with all that and, and feel like, you know, there's, um, I, I, if I didn't 
trust God and his sovereignty, I would be tempted to dwell in regret. Like, I wish I'd done this sooner. Like, why didn't I start earlier? I started when I started. He has revealed what he has revealed. And so if you're hearing this today, let today be the day that you start um, so that you don't have to battle the, 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 um, the regret of that. As I, I, um, I think when I think about all the things I've learned about God and I wish that I had known then, I mean, that's just kind of how life is. And so, uh, but, but today's your day. Start today. Every day is the right day to start. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing about the way God works that is so great is no matter what's in the past, as soon as you start, as soon as you're doing that, he transforms that into something good. It's a story you can share with someone mm-hmm. else. It's it's empathy you can have for someone else who's in the same situation you may have been in. It's it's all sorts of things that um, that make us who we are. And I think the devil likes us to feel guilty and ashamed. Um, mm-hmm. And what it really is is what God wants is for us to watch Him transform all of that into, you know, more uh, more wisdom and and more ability to speak into people's lives and and relate to them. So yeah, it's just. Uh, it's, it's an amazing, um, like you said, relationship. So it's this whole adventure of getting to know God and, and having that back mm-hmm. and forth. I have been so encouraged by the stories of people who tell us, I wanted to check this off my bucket list. I wanted to say, I wanted to be able to say I've read the whole Bible. So I'm doing this to sort of, it's like literally a, a check, li- check mark on their bucket list that they're looking for. And by the end of it, they're like, I'm, I'm doing this forever. Like I'm, I'm in this. They're like, you know, we have people right now who are on the Bible recap year two. They've, they're doing it for their second year in a row. And they're like, I'm going to take my whole family through it in year three. Or, you know, we have pastors who are doing it who say, I'm going to take my whole church through it next year. So uh, it is not, it may start out as a bucket list item, a checklist item, because that's how we're wired. And then you, you get the beauty and the joy of the relationship as you're moving through it. And you're like, Oh, this is, I way underestimated this, which is kind of great. It really is. It's a nice surprise, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and so, you have, so you have the Bible recap in book form. You have the podcast, which is amazing. I love it. Cause you can just, you can go for a walk. You can be doing the laundry, whatever, whatever it is you're doing. You can be, mm-hmm. you can be listening to a recap and really, you know, making that a part of, of your mind and, and the, the person you're becoming. Uh, you have a lot of other resources as well. I'm really excited about D group because it allows people to meet other like-minded people, right. And kind of go on yeah. the adventure together. Yeah. And w- one of the things early on with the Bible recap was that people would say, I wish that, you know, I really enjoyed this book. I'd love to study it deeper. I know we're moving through, we're moving through it a pretty fast clip, but man, I'd really love to come back to this and dig in deeper. And I'm like, we already have a piece in place for that. Like D group, the Bible recap is two years old right now. Not, not even. And, um, the D group has existed. D group stands for discipleship group. It's existed for, it'll be 12 years in February. And it is, you know, we do deep dive studies on books of the Bible topics in scripture and that's what's intended for. And so we have people on almost every continent. I think we're missing Antarctica. So if you know any scientists at the South Pole who want to jump in and study the Bible with us, invite them to join. But um, yeah, so we have men's D groups, women's D groups, military, church, all kinds of different opportunities for people to, like you said, like-minded people to get together and study scripture together. Yeah, that's so good. That community aspect is is just so important um Mm -hmm. amazing well you have 
so much going on. Where can people go to um, to find all these resources? Uh, all of them, there's the central hub would be terraleecobble.com, but it turns out that all three of my names are kind of challenging to spell. So, uh, I just tell people go to the biblerecap.com and, um, hopefully they can spell all that. So the biblerecap.com. And if you want to get started with the podcast, then you go to the start link on that page. If you are interested in D group, go to the D group link and, uh, there's more info, info for you there. You can listen to the podcast anywhere you find podcasts. It's about eight minutes a day. So good. No, there's not a better way you can spend eight minutes of your day. I'll tell you what. Um, <laughs> yeah. And Tara Lee, I have to tell you, you've just been such a blessing to so many people. It's it's the exact thing that I think that we all need. Just we have the scriptures in front of us and just finding a way to bridge the gap, hear from experts, put it all in context, um, really show how how it relates to our lives and to our relationship with God and, and then building community with with other people on that same journey. It's just yeah. um, it's absolutely priceless. And I d- definitely so needed right now, like you, you touched on earlier. It's these are some challenging times in a lot of ways. And um, uh, before we wrap up, do you have any um, thoughts or words, especially for young people navigating these times? Um, what should they be doing? Wow. Um, I. My thoughts about all of this are that the only place we're going to find peace that is this overarching peace that sustains us or joy in the midst of trials and circumstances that are beyond our control is by knowing who God is. It's not by nailing it and doing everything right. It's by knowing a person. We're never going to find peace in ourselves and our doing and our work. Um, We're going to find peace in knowing the finished work of Christ. And we, we see that displayed all through scripture. So I would love for people to jump in with us. And I would also tell them that as you start to read the Bible, you're going to want to go to Israel. So maybe just set up a little, little savings account for you to, you know, drop some, drop some extra change in there, a little bucket, ask for people to donate to that for Christmas if, if people are so inclined. Um, and so if you have the means and you ever are able to go, please, I tell, you know, everybody wants to go to Hawaii. I tell them, skip Hawaii, go to Israel. Because you're going to think about it every day for the rest of your life. You will. You will. You will think about Hawaii occasionally when it comes up in your memories on Facebook. You're going to think about Israel every day. Every day. That's so good. That's so good. Well, Tara Lee, thank you so much for joining us. You have just blessed us like crazy. There's so much in this podcast. I know it's going to touch thousands of lives. So great to catch up with you. Likewise, Josh. Thank you so much for having me on. The Israel Collective is an initiative of Christians United for Israel. To learn more about us, head to israelcollective.org, follow our Instagram, and if you want to get active and get involved, check out Christians United for Israel at cufi.org. They've got amazing educational resources, daily updates and emails. They produce an awesome show called The Watchman, hosted by Eric Stackelbeck, and just a ton of ways to learn, take action, make friends, and make a difference. There's a place for everyone at Kufi, so head on over. Thanks so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed that, and we'll see you next time.